The hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. After an awful October, we started to rally over the last two weeks, only to get hit again this Monday. October was unusually severe, and the swiftness of the decline and the apparent lateness of the cycle has unsettled investors, enough to make some of them consider or reconsider just how long they want to stay at the bull market party. At times, the market is going to give you this gut check, and I think it's vitally important that you have a solid investment philosophy and a process to fall back on. I talk about value investing all the time. That's what we do here. I believe that investors should focus on good companies and buy them when the market is undervaluing them. Sounds like common sense, right? Sounds easy enough, but it takes a great deal of time and effort and patience. I think you should only buy good to great businesses, ones that are predictable, ones that have good end markets. They should definitely generate real cash flow. I'm not talking about reported earnings. You can have businesses that have reported earnings, but aren't really making money. Without a doubt, you want to look at free cash flow. And they also have to be run by good managers. The problem is, is that great businesses rarely go on sale because they're great businesses. And when they do, investors are usually scared off by something like this market correction that we've seen over the last few weeks. So not only do you need that solid investment philosophy, and I just, I suggest that it be the value philosophy, but you also need a good process so that you know when to buy and sell the stocks that you have. If you have a good process, you'll know why you own a stock or why you want to own a stock. And when the market gets a little screwy, you aren't scared away. Now, being a value investor and having a good process doesn't mean you're always going to be right, but but it should help you remain calm and make rational decisions along the way. We all know that sometimes a good process leads to a bad outcome and a terrible process or not having a process at all could have a terrific outcome. But over time, common sense should tell you which one will win out. If you're right 60 to 70% of the time, well, I think you'll probably do okay. Welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join me today. Bear with me for a second. Let me tell you a little story. In 2008, we were living on the outskirts of town. And we had always been thinking about moving into town just, just because it's so darn convenient to be there. You can walk out and go to the restaurant or see a movie or what have you. You can just walk to everything. But at that time, home prices had just gotten outrageous. Remember, this was at the end of the real estate bubble when everybody thought their house was worth at least a million dollars. So 
by this time, as you know, the market was collapsing. People were panicking. A lot of folks were over leveraged in real estate. Well, we were driving around town doing some errands or what have you. And we saw a place. It was fantastic. It was for sale. And we thought it would just be perfect for us. The location was wonderful. The house, eh, not so much, but the location was perfect. So I called my realtor and I asked them how much they wanted for the property. And he told me, and I, of course, being cheap, I thought it was way too much, but I made an offer that I was comfortable with. And that offer was way below the asking price. The realtor thought I was nuts. Of course, they rejected the offer and they countered with something slightly less than their original listing. And I told them, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I just wasn't willing to pay peak market prices when the market was collapsing. I really had no idea how much further home prices would fall at that time. My offer was what I was willing to pay for that property. I did increase it a smidge, but it was still well, well below what they wanted. And as expected, they rejected it. And yes, we were disappointed, but we were willing to walk away rather than overpay or what we thought would be overpaying. 30 minutes later, I got a call back from my realtor and they told me that they just wanted out. They they changed their mind and they took the offer. The point here is that you look for quality assets that are right for you and your portfolio and you pay a price that you're comfortable with and one that you think gives you a reasonable margin of safety in case things go bad or get worse. And you need to be patient. You need to be willing to walk away if it's not at your price. We love the house and it ended up being a great deal looking back on it several years later. It's just terrific. Let's talk about the markets. The blockbuster earnings that we've seen over the last few quarters, along with the recent pullback in equity prices, well, it has the S&P forward multiple down to about 15 from its January peak of 18. That's what people are willing to pay for a dollar of earnings, 15 times. The other metrics that investors use, like price to sales, price to book, uh, price to cash flow, they're all well below extreme levels in aggregate. That said, the later stages of bull market and expansions can be perilous. And I'm on high alert here. I continue, every day, I continue to actively seek out any evidence that challenges my constructive view on the markets and the economy. I haven't found anything yet. Yet. I'm sure I will sooner or later. Because I'm very aware that when everyone thinks something is going to happen, usually the opposite happens. I get a little antsy when everyone knows that something is going to happen or that something can't possibly happen. What I'm talking about is a recession. There's almost full agreement on Wall Street that a recession can't happen in the coming year. Recessions start at economic peaks and the economy always appears to be doing great. And that's when the downturn asserts itself. What I see now 
is that the economy continues to do well in the near term. That can change at any time. But what I see is the sizable fiscal thrust that we have on top tap for 2019. And that seems to obviate the possibility of a contraction. But as they say, I'm always looking because when you least expect it, expect it. For now, focus on quality and good prices just like you always do. Let's step away, take take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be looking for values. This is Common Sense Investing, and we are back in a moment. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off. Now's the time to start planning for that future. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. No two people have the same goals and values. We can help you craft a framework for making a lifetime of smart financial decisions that's right for you. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. Before we get rolling again, I have a couple of housekeeping uh, items I want to take care of. We are going to take a holiday hiatus from doing the show next week because it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's Thursday. So unless something really big happens, we'll be back the following week. That's the 28th. The second thing I want to talk about is... On Thursday, December 6th, we're hosting a small event. The space we have is awesome, but it just doesn't hold a lot of people. Anyhow, it's in Tyson's Corner, Virginia from 5 to 8. We are having Britt Slablinski out to talk to us. Folks, I'm telling you, this is going to be really special. Britt was recently awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor, and he spent many years as a Navy SEAL. What Britt's going to be talking about is he's going to share his advice on life, work, kids, and how you can translate what he learned from his military experiences into your personal and business lives. Like I said, this is going to be really special. I don't have much room left, but if you'd like to come, email me directly at ewhiteman at xml.com. I'll spell it for you. It's E-W-I-G-H-T-M-A-N at xmlfg.com. That's Thursday, December 6th. It's going to be a real special event. Again, we have very limited seating here. Okay. Let's pull out the divining rod and let's go searching for value. Each show, I'm trying to do my very best to give you at least one idea that you can take away and do your own research on to see if it's appropriate for you. And it is no secret that I've been buying this dip. I've talked about Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Apple, Caterpillar, AT&T. So if you've missed the last couple of shows, you might want to go back and listen to them. A couple of places that I think we should be looking for opportunities now. First, the financials. 
they've long been a staple in value investors' portfolios because they've historically had decent growth rates, traded at lower PE ratios, and paid higher dividends than the market average. If you believe that there'll be long-term economic growth and success in America, then you probably need to look at them too. We've had a resilient economy and we have historically low unemployment and the recent rise in treasury yields, which have given us a modest steepening of the yield curve. All these bode well for the banks. Unfortunately, the financials haven't responded to all this great news and they've actually fallen in value. Investors have been worried about future loan growth and it's fully offset all the good news that's out there. Historically, these stocks do well when rates are moving higher and inflation is picking up. So I think you'll eventually see these stocks play some catch up. I'd rather buy them now before they do. I think you can find a few quality holdings here. The two banks I like the most are Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank Corp, symbol USB. Another place I would look would be the industrials. And just like the financials, these companies usually benefit from higher interest rates and serve as an inflation hedge. Now, this hedge becomes a problem when the industrials can't pass along rising commodity costs to their consumers. Right now, That hasn't been an issue. Caterpillar, symbol CAT, is one I bought because it got way oversold after earnings, even though earnings I thought were really good. For now, CAT is able to pass along increased expenses like steel costs. I don't think that'll continue indefinitely, but for now, they can Keep in mind, these cyclical stocks aren't generally the ones that you own forever. They go through booms and busts. And right now, some of the end markets that Caterpillar sells into look pretty darn good. If we got a retest in the market and Cat came back to, say, 115, I'd be a buyer. But there are other ones out there that you can look at. I'm working on two right now, so we'll see if that leads anywhere. The energy stocks are another area I'd look at. They've been like yo-yos. The oil stocks have significantly trailed crude prices since oil broke out roughly a year ago. People aren't buying into the longevity of the increase in oil prices. They just aren't buying into it. Just like the financials, I think you could see some catching up coming. I like the integrated ones the best, the Chevrons, the Exxons, but I think you could also look at some of the exploration companies too. The last area I'll do today is the consumer staples. As I've been saying, things look good right now, but who knows when all that changes, and it will. I'd rather have my my portfolio prepared ahead of time, and I'd look now to add these defensive type names. They've already started to make a comeback, but I think there's still plenty of room to go here. Names I've mentioned in the past have been things like Pepsi, symbol PEP, Procter & Gamble, symbol PG. You get the idea. You just want to make sure that you don't overpay. The two I'm avoiding right now are the utilities and the REITs, and both because of rising interest rates. Well, 
That's all we have time for today. So let's wrap things up. Monday was Veterans Day. So to you veterans out there, thank you for bravely doing what you were called to do so we can safely do what we're free to do. Since we're most likely going to skip next week's show, unless we get some sort of 10 to 1 upside surge in the market, then we'll do a short update. But if not, We'll be back on the 28th. From all of us here at XML, we hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.